Salam, salam from the Windy City. This is the Rorschach Ethiopia update from the 30th of June, 2022. Here's a quick summary of what's going down in Ethiopia. Let's talk about the aftermath of the mass killings carried out by the Oromo Liberation Army, or the OLA, in the western Wolega zone of the Oromia region. Sadly, survivors are in dire circumstances. Many lost close relatives and their homes. They are scared and say that if the military personnel leave the area, the OLA will attack again. The death toll has risen to a shocking 600. On Tuesday the 23rd, the UN's High Commissioner for Human Rights, Michelle Bachelet, said that she was horrified by the attack. She urged the Ethiopian government to investigate and find appropriate measures to ensure that justice is served. But the OLA's terrorist attacks did not stop there. Last week, on Friday the 24th, the rebel group hijacked four public buses and one truck in the northern Shiwa region of the Oromia region. More than 200 people caught up in the hijacking were released, but an official of the area said that 10 people were abducted and that the kidnappers were asking for ransom payment. Among the abducted are two investors. The official called for the deployment of military personnel in the area. University students across the country have been holding peaceful demonstrations denouncing the OLA's attacks and urging the government to take action. Among the protesters were students of the Addis Ababa University, whose campus is located only a few minutes walk away from the parliament and the prime minister's residence. As the demonstration got closed to that area, federal police suppressed the protest. Some demonstrators were even injured. Speaking of universities, the Peace and Security Task Force issued a statement on Monday the 27th claiming that it has found that the Tigray People's Liberation Front, or the TPLF, is funding media outlets to instigate violence in universities all over the country. The statement said that these outlets are publishing divisive content, mostly on ethnic and religious grounds. The task force has demanded that they stop spreading this kind of content. A few months ago, we told you about an atrocious crime committed in the Benchango Gamus region, where a person was burnt alive. Deputy Minister of Justice Fikaru Siga has revealed that the police identified four suspects, and they are yet to be detained. Two of them were members of the army and are on the run, while the other two are members of the Amhara region special force. The ministry had asked the special force to hand over the suspects. The Ministry of Justice had detained three other suspects, two of which are members of the Southern Region Special Force. The Ministry of Justice has also said that 45 people have been sentenced for instigating violence in the Benshiko zone of the Southern Region from 2019 to 2021. The instigation of violence led to the death of many people. The sentences of convicted criminals ranged from 3 to 23 years in prison, and the criminals had called for the Shiko and Majengar people to wipe out the Amharans that were living out in the Bench Sheko zone. Now, a few weeks ago, we told you about a potential negotiation between the central government and the TPLF. This past week, after having talks with the executive and the central committees, the ruling party, the Prosperity Party, laid out a plan to enter into negotiations. The Minister of Justice and member of the Central Committee, Dr. Gedeon Tometuos, said that if the government and the TPLF are unable to reach an agreement after negotiating, the African Union will step up as a mediator. The federal government has already put together a team of seven top government officials to conduct the negotiations. The team included Deputy Prime Minister and Minister of Foreign Affairs, Demeki Mekonen, Minister of Justice, Dr. Gedeon Tometuos, 
and Doctor General of the National Intelligence and Security Service, Temeskin Taruna. As one conflict simmers down, it seems like another one is brewing. There was a clash a few weeks ago between Sudanese soldiers and the Ethiopian militia in a bordering area. In this clash, seven Sudanese soldiers and one civilian were killed, which enraged Sudan. The Sudanese government has filed a complaint against Ethiopia to the UN Security Council on Monday the 27th. But that's not all. Sudan recalled the Sudanese ambassador in Addis and asked for an explanation from the Ethiopian ambassador in Sudan. Now, the Ethiopian Ministry of Foreign Affairs said in a press release that the TPLF helped the Sudanese soldiers to enter Ethiopia. The ministry said that the whole incident was designed to put a strain on the strong bilateral relations between the two countries. The ministry had also expressed its condolences in the press release, but it was not enough as tensions kept rising where the commander-in-chief and chairman of the Transitional Sovereignty Council, Abdul Fattah al-Burhan, paid a visit to a military camp near the Ethiopian border. Al-Burhan vowed to take countermeasures and said that the Sudanese soldiers' death will not be in vain. The Ministry of Finance, Ahmed Shive, and the World Bank's Director for Regional Integration in Africa have signed a grant and loan agreement of more than 700 million U.S. dollars. The agreement was signed on Friday the 24th, and the money will be used to mitigate food shortage risks and to integrate resilience of food systems. From the total $700 million U.S., almost half is a grant, which means that Ethiopia will only have to pay back less than $400 million U.S. dollars. Speaking of donations, the UN's Food and Agriculture Organization, the FAO, has revealed that farmers in the Tigray region are in urgent need of seeds and fertilizers. The organization has said that farmers will have to get these supplies before the rainy season ends. Since the war has ravaged the region, the supply of seeds and fertilizers is urgent. The FAO said that it needs almost 100 million U.S. dollars to buy the supplies, but has only managed to collect just over 10 million U.S. dollars from donors. Fortunately, the International Committee of the Red Cross gave a hand. The committee donated 13 kilograms of seed to 15,000 households in the central Tigray zone. The Ministry of Trade and Regional Integration has warned the public to stop using cement products of Juan Juan Private Limited Company. The company was barred from selling cement year last year in July as it wasn't able to fulfill the ministry's quality standards. The ministry found that Juan Juan was still selling its cement on the 17th of June and decided to take measures against the company. As per the ministry's decision, the company is going to recollect its products distributed throughout the country as its own cost. Now, the Association of Private Higher Education and Technical and Vocational Training Institutions claimed that employers are not hiring graduates from these institutions. The association said that this is in a meeting with the Human Resources, Jobs, and Tech Committee of the House of the People's Representatives last week on the 22nd. The association's president, Dr. Mala Sege, said that the employers that are refusing to hire graduates of private institutions are both from public and private enterprises, including the Commercial Bank of Ethiopia, the largest bank in the country. Graduates who have managed to get a job are also having a hard time as they're not getting promoted only because they studied in a private institution. Now that's it for this week. Would you prefer to have a section in our updates about Ethiopia's best films or Ethiopia's best TV series? Uh, let us know at ethiopia at rorschach.com. Goodbye. Goodbye.